should have a handout that I'm going to use with some of the quotes we're going to use in this second message about the seven greatest words of love that Jesus said on the cross. Last week, um, Father Maximus spoke of forgiveness. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. And today we are going to speak on the words Jesus made and gave to the good thief. Today you will be with me in paradise. In Spanish it says, I assure you. Well, it says in Spanish, te aseguro. But the translation says, I assure you. And our English translations, Sister Teresa is a Bible specialist here. She affirms that Jesus says, I assure you to the good thief. Today you will be with me in paradise. Powerful words of Jesus on the cross to the good thief. And in a sense, Jesus defines what is paradise. To be in paradise is to be with the Lord. He says, today you will be with me. And that's paradise. To be in heaven is to be in this ongoing and loving relationship with the Lord. And that's what God wants for each one of us. It's interesting to kind of connect one Bible passage with another one and see how the same message comes through in different ways. If you go to the handout, the point number three, I begin with the end. The bullet point number two says, Jesus in the Last Supper, he says to the disciples, Father, they are your gift to me. He says to the, the Father, I wish that where I am, they also may be with me, that they may see my glory that you gave me. This is a beautiful thing. The Lord says, I wish that where I am, they are with me. It's a sign of love. If I say, I wish that if I go to this place, Connor is there. <laughs> it means that I like him, that I love him, that I enjoy being with him. I wish you are there uh, with me. And Andrew and Casey also. <laughs> so I wish, he says to Peter, John, and each of his disciples, that where I am going to the house of the Father, that they will be with me. And that's what he says, and not only says, he promises to the good thief. I wish that you will be with me. And actually, you will be with me. But also we need to be wishing or willing as he wished. Because God created you for glory. That's why he made you. So you can be with him in paradise. So what can we learn from the good thief? Two things we should imitate and two, one thing we should not imitate. Because he was good, but he was a thief. So we can imitate some things <laughs> for good and some for not. Actually, the word, uh, that the, the criminal word, it means like a man filled with evil. So these were not, they were on the cross for a reason. We don't know which one. The first thing that the criminal says the good thief, when speaking to the other thief who was rebuking, reviling, mocking Jesus, he says, have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation. The first thing the thief realized is that he was going to die. 
and they both suffer the same condemnation. They're going to die. And he knows that when he dies, he's going to face God. That's the first thing we should learn from the good thief. This man was in a dying, like agonizing moment. And maybe he repented of all his evil deeds at that moment. As a priest, I have seen so many people that in the last minutes or in the last stages of their lives, they come back to God. And that's how this good thief was. He realized, I'm dying, but after dying, I need to face God. Paul says in the letter to Hebrews, second bullet point, just as it is appointed that human beings die once, and after this is judgment. Hebrews 9. Two things. Human beings die once. You know that mortality rate has increased to 100%. Everyone will die. It's a certainty. <laughs> and that's what the book of the Bible says here. Human beings die once. And this man, he realized, I'm going to die. But when I die, that's not the end. I need to face judgment. I was afraid of this reality of being judged or facing judgment. But now I long for it. That God will judge every single action of my life in his truth. And he will purify me in his judgment. The eyes of his face will look at me with a powerful love and he will remove anything that is evil. That's the judgment of God. And sometimes we forget that we're going to be judged. And it's a very empowering thought that God will make justice in his love. I just confess that Sometimes the judgment encourages me to do things because I say, okay, people will see what I'm doing. You know, like all our actions will be public. Sometimes it stops me. Like say, okay, like maybe Father Maximo doesn't see that I'm going to get this cookie and I just, nobody will notice this. I don't know if you ever thought in that way. But then I think, oh, no, they will see me at the judgment. So I kind of do the Truman Show thing and I say like, okay, like... <laughs> <laughs> I prevent myself. <laughs> but that's not a good thing to imitate. <laughs> anyway, the good thief, he realized there was judgment. And that's why he repented. The second thing, he was desperate. Doing evil his whole life, he says, I need to change. And I need your help. So he does a desperate cry. He says, I'm going to face judgment. And I cannot do it by myself. And he does a double confession. He says first about himself, we have been condemned justly for the sentence we receive corresponds to our crimes. He's saying, I'm a sinner. What I did, I did it. I was wrong. What you did to the other thief, you did it, and you were wrong. So first he acknowledges his confession, I am a sinner. But then he says about Jesus, this man has done nothing criminal. This is an act of faith in Jesus. Because when you say, this man has done nothing evil, nothing, 
He's saying this man is more than a mere man. He's God. You see him crucified. But this man, Jesus, is God with us. So he acknowledges his sinfulness, but also he acknowledges the power of Jesus. And that's very important for this Lent. First, we should remember that we will face God in judgment. And second, we should begin Lent with this desire and this hope and this trust that God can change us. That like this good thief, we can need to say, Jesus, remember me. I have done many things that are evil. And in many things I feel stuck. I cannot change. But I trust you can change me. I trust you can change me. That was the plea of the good thief. Jesus, remember me. By myself I will not make it. But with your grace I can. So maybe one thing we can imitate from the good thief at the beginning of Lent is pray and think and present to Jesus your weakest point. The things in your life, your personality, your habits that you cannot change. Present them to Jesus and say to him, remember me, Lord. And the last thing, and with this I finish, and this is what we should not imitate from the good thief. You know the joke that says that he was such a good thief that he stole heaven at the last minute, no? It's a bad joke. Anyway, <laughs> that's what we should not imitate. We should not wait till the last minute. We should not wait to the last minute. We should avoid thinking of heaven like kind of a gate that it passes, I mean, I'm, that's it. Heaven is a place of God's holiness. And uh, yes, you heard many times, like, this life, not the last minute, your whole life, is meant to be a place of transformation. Think of this example. I think I told you once, but maybe you forgot. When you get to heaven, St. Peter is going to call each one of you. He's going to take the driver's license. Do you know when he said, like, they look at the idea and said. Huh, you don't, oh, no, I, I shed my beard. And so they look at the picture, they look at you, and they kind of match the identity. So this is what St. Peter is going to do. He's going to look at Sister Isabel, and the driver's license will be the driver's license of Jesus. He's going to look at, you don't have a beard. <laughs> like, oh, no, just joking. <laughs> he will look at Christ, he will look at him, and he will look at her. He will look at him, he will look at you. And your life will be so similar to him, hopefully, that your desires, your mind, you will be so transformed into him that you will be able to be with him. And that's the meaning of this life. And this does not take one minute. It takes a whole life. Like any powerful transformation. You want to learn how to paint, it takes time. You want to learn how to play an instrument, it takes time. You want to be transformed into Jesus Christ. It's not a last minute thing. It takes your whole life. And that's why we enter the season of Lent. Look what Paul says to the Hebrews. Strive 
for that holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Without that holiness, without conformity to Jesus, we cannot be in paradise. We will not enjoy it. So take this season of Lent as a time of developing that golden relationship with the Lord. He wants to be with you in paradise. He wishes that where he is, you will be. He wants to forgive you. He wants to judge you in love. He wants you to acknowledge your weakest point. And he wants you to spend time this season of Lent. So when you're in silent prayer, intentional prayer, he transforms your mind and above all, he transforms your heart in conformity with his. Newman said once, life is short, death is certain, and the world to come is everlasting.